This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Let's take our Bibles go to the Old Testament to the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter number four. The Bible says, beginning in verse one, but it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. And turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. And cover not their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up, that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish, so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them, and cause the work to cease. Notice, if you would please, in verse number 10, the Bible says that the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. I want to speak to you this evening on the subject, when strength is decayed. When strength is decayed. When you are weary in your effort. When you're tired when it seems that the task is insurmountable. That's the way it appeared to the bearers of the burdens, those who were helping in the work, building the walls. Now, if you've been around here for any certain length of time, you've certainly heard messages before uh, from the book of Nehemiah. It's one of the, my favorite books of the Bible. Nehemiah is one of my favorite characters of the Bible. 
And uh, I think there are many wonderful examples for us in the book of Nehemiah concerning the work of God. We are engaged in the work of God. That's what this church was established to do, the work of the Lord. We were reminded this morning of the priority of God's work, that we get the gospel message to all people. And we understand that this is a task which meets uh, much opposition. Satan is our adversary. He walketh about, the Bible says, as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. In the book of Ephesians, the Bible tells us that our struggle, our conflict is not with flesh and blood. It is not with people. It is with spiritual wickedness in high places. It is with Satan and his demonic hosts. He certainly can use and inspire people in the opposition of God's work. He schemes and he works to discourage God's people. But there's no mistake about it that he is seeking to hinder the work of God. In verse number 11, the Bible said, Our adversary said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. That was their goal. They wanted the work of God to be discontinued. There are those in our society today who are grieved by the work of God. They do not have any love and appreciation or affection in any way for the church or for the truth of God's word. They view it as something that is keeping them from completing their agenda, from realizing uh, their vision for a world and for those who inhabit it. Nehemiah here is engaged in an important task. I would say that his work was essential, wouldn't you? We've been looking at this thought essential on Sunday mornings. The essential book is the Bible. The essential message is the gospel. Next week, we're going to look at the essential gathering, and that's the church. In recent months, many have tried to attempt to define what work is essential? <laughs> well, for all of us who have a job, we all believe our work is essential, don't we? It's essential for the health and welfare of our family. Nehemiah is engaged in a, in a great work. In fact, he made that comment in this passage or in this book. If you read through the book of Nehemiah, he said, I am doing a great work. He is involved in an essential work. The work of the church is essential. Now, Nehemiah had returned to Jerusalem. He was engaged in the effort to rebuild the walls. That was an important task. It was important because the inhabitants of Jerusalem, who had returned now after the captivity in Babylon, uh, under the leadership of the, the new Persian Empire, which had overthrown the Babylonians, the Jews were allowed to return to Jerusalem. And so they began to return. And when they began their return, they began immediately to reestablish the worship of God in Jerusalem. The reconstruction of their homes, the rebuilding of the temple. Uh, we noted th those things in the book of Haggai just a few uh, weeks ago in our study of that book. Uh, Nehemiah is a contemporary with Haggai. And uh, 
he has come now to rebuild the walls because it is not enough that the houses have been built. It is not enough that the temple itself is being rebuilt because the walls are necessary for the security of the city. They served as barriers to the citizens and as boundaries, or barriers rather not to the citizens, but barriers to the enemy to protect the citizens and boundaries for the citizens. The walls were important. May God help us as his people to understand that God has established certain limits in our lives. He has, he has placed walls of protection around us. And if we will heed his word, we can live within the realm of his blessing and of his promises. I want you to know that Nehemiah did not choose uh, a career. He was called by God. He had a good job. He was serving the king. He was his cupbearer. That means that he was a very trusted man in the empire. As the cupbearer, it was his responsibility to make sure that nothing came to the table that was poisoned. Now, if you had that responsibility, that was a major responsibility. There were many who wanted to put the king to death, we think about the political intrigue and the infighting in our nation. I want you to know that it has always existed. And here's a king in his own palace who is not secure enough to be able to sit down and have a meal unless he has a cupbearer, someone who is protecting him. As the cupbearer, he spent a lot of time with the, the king, and, and they, they, they were confidants. And no doubt he learned a great deal in his administration uh, of the kingdom, Nehemiah observing all of it, taking, taking in the meetings and hearing the things that uh, uh, were very confidential and very important for the Persian empire. And no doubt, Nehemiah received a degree in leadership just being in the presence of the king and of his counselors. He had a really good job, but God had a great work for him to do. We must understand no matter what our vocation is here on this earth, those of us who know the Lord have a greater purpose, and that purpose is to serve God. We can serve him in our job, and we should do our work as under the Lord, but we need to understand that we're not just here simply to earn an income so that we can enrich ourselves or participate in the activities that we enjoy doing. We are here to do God's work, and may God help us to do it. One day in the palace, Nehemiah heard some of his Jewish brethren as they had come through. And he did something that many have not bothered to do. He asked them concerning the welfare of Jerusalem. And as he asked them, he began to receive the news, the report that came that the city was in reproach. It was lying in waste. The enemies of God were running through the city of Jerusalem. And he was grieved, he was burdened, and he began to pray immediately, asking God to work in a mighty way and presenting himself to the Lord to say, I'm here, I'm available, and I'm willing to go. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans that we're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, that we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. May God help us to do so to live out our daily living, proving what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, living out before the Lord 
the will of God, being obedient to his will, being obedient to his plan. And to do so, we must present our bodies as a living sacrifice. To say as the prophet Isaiah, here am I, Lord, send me. Are you willing to say that to the Lord? Uh, I'm not saying that all of us or that many of us would be called into ministry, but I'm saying that all of us are called to minister and to serve God. And so may God help us to answer the call. Nehemiah, after a season of prayer, had an opportunity to speak to the king. And when given the opportunity, he sought wisdom from God, and God gave him wisdom. And Nehemiah presented his burden to the king, and the king heard him. And then the king said, what would you like me to do? And Nehemiah said, I'd like to go build those walls. And by the way, king, I'm going to need a certain time off to go do it. I'm going to need provisions. I'm going to need passage. I'm going to need security. And the king granted him all that he asked. And Nehemiah came to Jerusalem to do the work of the Lord. Thirteen years before he arrived, they had attempted to rebuild the walls, but they stopped and said it can't be done. Now Nehemiah enters into the city of Jerusalem, and he takes a survey trip. He walks around the city and surveys the damage. He doesn't tell anybody why he's there. And then after he had taken his trip, he gathers the leaders of Jerusalem together, and he exhorts them to the work, and he encourages them that the time was then now to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And the Bible says he told them of the hand of his God, which was good upon them. He explained to them all that God had done in allowing him to come the provisions that he had received. And they hearing that, the Bible said they strengthened their hands for this good work. They said, let us rise up and build. And so the work began. Immediately, that work was met with opposition and ridicule. Sanballat and Tobiah, who would later be joined by an ever-increasing number of uh, allies, would stand against God's work. And today, as the church continues to labor, as we continue to engage in the work that God has called us to do, we encounter the opposition. And doesn't it seem that the intensity of the opposition is increasing? And doesn't it seem that the numbers of allies who have come against the Lord and the Lord's work is an increasing number. And so they began the work. In chapter number four, we find that Nehemiah and the people are meeting many difficulties. They, they are met with the indignation and wrath and the mockery of the adversary. In verse 3, the Bible says, Now Tobiah the Ammonite, which was by him, and he said, speaking of Tobiah the Ammonite, even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. As they're building the wall, these people are outside the wall laughing like little children in, in a middle school cafeteria, making fun. If anything characterizes our culture today, I believe it's that, isn't it? the hatred and the vitriol that people are expressing 
uh, in social media, the language that the news media and the television crews are using today, the contempt and the hatred they have for those who are in authority, we certainly see this happening in our world, and we saw it, or Nehemiah rather saw it in his day. What did Nehemiah do? I'm convicted by what he did. I'm instructed by what he did. Notice in verse 4. Hear, O our God. This is the prayer of Nehemiah. The Bible doesn't stop to tell us in the narrative that he prayed. It just simply gives us the prayer. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. And turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey into the land of captivity and cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. Who is it that they were provoking to anger? Nehemiah identified, it's not us, it is you, O Lord. He offers his prayer to God. May God help us to be a people who pray and seek his face. We need to be in communion and fellowship with him today like no other time, especially as we are engaged in the work of God. We need to stay in a constant state of prayer to meet the challenges that we're facing. I love verse 6. So built we the wall. <laughs> they just continued to build in the face of opposition. And may God help his church today to continue to build. May God help you in your home to continue to build, to continue to serve God, to remain faithful. And then we come to verse number 8. The Bible said they conspired all of them together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Now the words have intensified into threats and into physical opposition. Verse 9, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God again. Here they are seeking God and praying. And then finally in verse number 10, we get to where we want to go in this passage. And the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. In the midst of all of this, the people of Judah come, the leaders come to Nehemiah, and they say, hey, we are worn out. The strength of the bearers of the burdens is decayed. And there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. Now, how did they get here? Let me just give you three thoughts about how they got there. And then we're going to talk about how they got out of that situation. How did they get to the point where they were so discouraged and so weak that they were ready to quit? Well, first of all, number one, they underestimated their own strength. They underestimated their own strength. Notice again in verse number 10, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. The word decayed means to make weak, to stumble, to stagger. Uh, picture someone as they are carrying a heavy load. The strength of the bearers of the burdens 
is decayed. The people who are sharing uh, the main portion of the responsibility of the work of God. By the way, there's always a number of people in the church who are bearing the burdens. I just want to encourage you tonight to let you know that there are plenty of burdens to go around. And I want to encourage all of you to put your shoulder underneath the burden. Someone said, many hands make for light work. But sometimes when it's just a portion of the people bearing the responsibility of taking care of the children in the nursery or making sure things are done in a proper fashion, serving in the Sunday school or in the music ministry, it can get very discouraging when you don't have enough help. The strength of the bears of the burdens is decayed. They were beginning to stagger underneath the load. They were tired. But when you're tired, you begin to underestimate your own strength. When you are anxious, I mean, here they are. They're fighting opposition on every hand. It seems like it doesn't stop. It comes to them from every angle. And now it's coming to them from within, this seed of discouragement. By the way, they'll also face the opposition of of division that will come to them. But when you're tired, when you're anxious, and when you are under attack, you will begin to underestimate your strength. So we see, number one, the underestimation of their strength. Number two, we see the magnification of their problem. When you get weak, when you get tired, what happens? You underestimate your own strength and you magnify your problems. Notice what they said again. Notice, if you would please, in verse number 10. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much, would you say that last word with me? Rubbish. There's much rubbish. That, that's, there's a whole lot of garbage to deal with. I mean, imagine the picture of the city of Jerusalem. The walls had been torn down. The temple had been torn down. The city itself had been burnt with fire. Uh, the homes had been destroyed. They, they tore down every stone in that temple trying to get the gold out of that building. It was inlaid with gold, even between the stones. And so not one stone was left upon the other. It was a mess. And as they were trying to engage in the work, they were trying to clean up the mess. And they were trying to build the wall at the same time. And they're weary, and they're tired, and now all they can see is the rubbish. All they can see is the problem. And when you're weary, the problems are magnified. But notice what happens. Not only were the problems magnified, but they forgot the progress. Look again in chapter 4 in verse number 6. 
So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Instead of seeing the progress, they could only see the problems. That's just like us, isn't it? At home, what do we see? The problems. What do we talk about? The problems. In most churches, what do people see? The problems. What is it that they most talk about? The problems. What is it that we fail to see? The progress. What God is doing. Now, oftentimes we cannot measure it because we labor in faith, believing and trusting God. By the way, as we labor, we have a precious promise, and that promise is that he is laboring with us. The Bible says in, 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 in the gospel according to Mark, and the Lord working with them. You see, we are not alone in this labor. We are not alone in this effort. God is with us. He is bearing up the burden. No mess is too great for him. But they didn't even know where to start. Have you ever been there? I mean, it just seems like all the problems are so great. I mean, you don't even know where to start. And you think, no matter where I start, I can't even make a a dent on this thing. It's like when you pull out the Christmas tree in December, and you wonder, how in the world did I get this stuff back in this little closet? And then you pull it out and you start trying to find the pieces and then you get to the lights and the lights are not wrapped around something and already, unless you're really organized and probably most of you are, but I'm not. And my wife's going, why are you taking credit for that? Because you never do it. So I'm giving you this second hand. What happens to the cord in the 11 months it's in the box? It gets tangled up. And it's such a mess, you don't even know where to start to untangle it. That's what happens to the lives of people. They get tangled up. That's what happens in a society that has turned its back on God. It gets tangled up. That's what Satan tries to do to discourage you and I in the work of God. He wants us to see the mess, the problem, but we forget the progress. During these months, things have been anything but normal in our church, right? Anything but normal in your life. We've gone to a format where we had no public meetings to all virtual online type meetings, and then uh, we went to three services, Sunday school on Sunday evening, Wednesday evening meetings, then eventually back to two services on Sunday morning with Sunday school in the morning and then an evening service and a Wednesday evening service. We opened our Christian school, and there have been so many things that we had to do that we've never had to do before in order to operate our Christian school, and it has been a very challenging year, but God has blessed us. And we're grateful for that. There have been problems. There have been many problems in ministering to people and operating our church and our Christian school. But there's also been much progress. 
And may God help us not to magnify the problem and fail to see the progress. During the time when we weren't meeting and all of our services were online, there were an amazing amount of people across the country watching churches and and viewing online services, and God worked in the hearts of many, and, and we heard reports of people who received the message of the gospel and were saved. There's progress. In times when we weren't able to meet, our Sunday school classes were operating uh, online, virtual, through the Zoom uh, format. I'm sure that was challenging for the teachers. It was challenging for you and I just to get on there, right? But there's so many doors that God has opened to us. There's so many things that God has done in our hearts. And one of them, one of the greatest is that he's helped us develop a true love and appreciation for the opportunity to be together. And may God help us not to lose sight of that. So we see how they got there. Number one, the underestimation of their strength. Number two, the magnification of their problem. Number three, the frustration of their hearts. Notice what they said to Nehemiah. We are not able to build the wall. I just can't do this anymore. We just can't do it anymore. They were frustrated. The obstacles are too great. We do not have the ability. We do not have the power. We do not have the means. We do not have the opportunity. And we just can't get the job done. Have you ever been there? I'm not the person to teach this class. I, I can't witness to my coworkers. I, I can't get my children to mind and obey. I'm praying for them, but it doesn't seem like anything's changing. Their attitude's just as bad as it was before. It seems like nothing I'm doing is working. I'm so frustrated. I'm ready to quit. We all get there, don't we? The Bible said, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall what? If we faint not. Don't faint. Don't quit. There's strength to go on. There's strength to go on. There's more strength available to you than you can ever use. But they said the strength of the bearers of the burdens is decayed. Their strength was gone. And then we see that the work stopped. They wanted to cause the work in verse number 11 to cease. This is what the devil wants to do. He wants you to quit. He wants you to quit, sir, reading your Bible, praying. Well, you don't understand. I mean, I, I had a plan. I was going to read through the Bible this year, but all week last week I missed it. seemed like everything came up, and now I'm off track. I might as well stop. No, just pick up where you stopped. I've been praying. I've been trying to get in a routine and habit of prayer, but... I haven't prayed like I should in the last three or four days. Just pick up where you stopped. You see, the devil wants to discourage you, and the devil wants you to quit. 
Well, I've been praying for my children, but nothing's happening. Hey, just keep on praying for them. Trust God. Trust God. God is able. Well, I, I can't even get my Sunday school class to, to, to log on to the Zoom lesson, or I can't get them here, and I don't understand what, what it's going to take for some people. Hey, just keep doing what you're doing. Well, I keep preparing these lessons, and it seems like nothing's happening. Just keep preparing those lessons and keep teaching the truth of God's Word. I'm trying to hand out gospel tracts. I'm trying to talk to people about little. Just keep doing it. In fact, do it more. Just keep doing it. Well, it's, it's tough on Wednesday night to get here, and I'm tired. And I, Hey, just keep coming. Well, it's getting tight financially, and I, I don't know if I can keep my faith promise commitment and, and tithing and all the things. Hey, just keep trusting God. He'll empower you. He'll enable you. He'll supply for you. I don't know how my marriage is going to end up. I mean, honestly, it's such a struggle night and day. Hey, just keep on seeking the Lord and doing what's right. How am I going to get through this grief? One day at a time, trusting God. You see, what option do we have? We cannot quit. We must continue, and may God help us to do so. So how did they get there? Well, we've seen it. So how did they renew their strength? Well, go with me to Nehemiah chapter 8. By the way, they kept on, and guess what happened? In 52 days, the wall was joined together. In 52 days... The, the walls of the city were built. The gates were set up. The job was done. Now, remember, they tried it 13 years earlier and could not accomplish it. Hey, I want to tell you something. It's amazing what God can do when the situation <laughs> says, no, it can't be done. Hey, can I just stop right here and just say something to you as a church? You say, well, we're in this pandemic, and we're getting ready to hit this you know, new administration, and we expect a, a financial downtime, and, and we've got all this opposition. I mean, more opposition than we've ever had. I mean, what in the world? Let's just bunker in. Let's hold on till Jesus comes. No, I want to say, let's move forward, and let's trust God. They built the wall in 52 days with more opposition than they ever faced. God's work is always advancing. Do you believe that to be true? Let's move forward. Let's trust God. This is the time. And may God help us. So how did they get the strength back? Nehemiah chapter 8 gives us a great lesson. The wall is built, and they've all gathered together. They've, they've assembled. <laughs> I'm for the assembly. I think the assembly of the church is essential. And they gathered, and they proclaimed the truth of God's word. And in verse number 18, the Bible tells us in the book of Nehemiah, also, let me see if I'm in the right verse. 
Day by day from the first day into the last day, he read in the book of the law of God, and they kept the feast even the days and on the eighth day in a solemn assembly according unto the manner. Here the people were gathered together. And I had the wrong reference in my notes, but let me just read the verse, and then you can find it later. You can Google it. You can do a, a, a concordance check on me, okay? You can have the satisfaction of coming up to me later and saying, Pastor, I knew where that verse was. But let me just tell you what the verse is. The joy of the Lord is your, fill it in for me, strength. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. How do I have my strength renewed? To have my joy renewed. How do I have my joy renewed? Well, that's really the question, isn't it? You see, there's a great difference between happiness and joy. A great difference. Happiness is an emotion, and it is based on circumstances. Sometimes we're happy. Things go our way. Our team won. Our boss complimented us. Our uh, spouse said something nice. Our children finally cleaned their room. There are lots of things that may happen in our lives to make us happy. But happiness fades because it's an emotion. It's here one moment. It's gone the next. Somebody says something unkind. Something happens at work. Something happens at home. An expectation is not met. Financial pressures may come. And the happiness fades away. The strength declines and diminishes. How do I receive my strength in? I fill the tank of joy in my heart. You see, unlike happiness, joy is not based on circumstances, and it's not simply an emotion. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. If I am filled with the Holy Spirit of God, I will have joy in my life. Now, how do I stay filled? I cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit of God if I am not in the Word of God. And if I'm going to have strength, I must renew my strength by building up my inner man on the truth of God's Word. And as I build up my inner man in the truth of God's Word, my joy is renewed. My strength is is increased. You see, my joy is not based on my feelings. My joy is based on facts. And facts are given to me through the Word of God. The truth of God's Word speaks to me and ministers to me, and it dispels my doubt, and it removes my fear, and it strengthens me in temptation. It helps me to see things from God's perspective, not my own. It helps me to understand my dependence upon him, and it brings me into his presence, and there he dispels all the things that discourage me, and he infuses my soul with the strengthening word of God. And my joy is renewed. And as a result, 
I am strengthened. In the face of difficult circumstances, I can go forward and trust God. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.